This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3444 for Thursday, the 14th of October 2021. Today's show is entitled Vision Series 5MX. It is hosted by Neil Azo and is about 20 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is a show where I talk about my experiences of Vision 5MX, a portable computer from the late 90s. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. talk to you about an old thing. Uh, a very specific old thing, in, fa- in fact, and a, a very cool old thing, which is the Scion Series 5MX, uh, which is a PDA, a, a personal digital assistant, um, although it's it's far more than that, I'll get into that later, from the, the late 90s, I believe 1998. Um, and the reason why I want to talk about it today is because, well, firstly, because I think it's a really cool device and um, I want to talk about it and secondly because um I am actually 2 years late to making this episode um I at Og Camp 2019 so October 2019 so uh, uh, at Og Camp which is a Linux conference uh, free culture open source creative commons it, it covers a lot of ground um a uh, fellow HPR host Dave Morris um gave me a uh, Scion Series 5MX. Um, huge thanks for that, by the way. Um, amazing offer, amazingly kind. Um, and he said that it was on the condition that I did an HPR episode about it, and I am two years late, uh, so I am I apologise. It's I didn't want to make an episode until I had a development environment set up, and to set up a development environment, obviously you need a working device, and my Scion wasn't working, and then the the COVID pandemic hit, so I couldn't get it repaired. Um, but recently, with with the vaccines and with the lifting of some of the lockdowns, um, the it's it's back, it's working, and I managed to get a development environment set up. So now I've got I've got everything in place to to record this episode. So I I said that it's a a PDA. Uh, well, what what exactly is it? There's a lot of them. Well. The, the the way I best like describing it is that, and and you can look up photos if you want, but the the best way to describe it is it's like a a tiny laptop. It's it's like it's a laptop form factor, but it will fit in your pocket, and it has this it has a monochrome display and it has this hinge this really cool hinge mechanism that I can't I can't describe in audio, but it's it opens up and as you open it up the keyboard sort of pops out the front comes out the front i don't know how to uh, how to describe it but it's a really cool mechanism and um yeah monochrome touchscreen it's got a full keyboard um and it's got compact flash storage it runs on double a's and will run weeks on on a pair of double a's I, th- I think mine ran a couple of weeks 
uh, on a pair of double A's back when I was using it regularly. Um, compact flash storage, it has a serial port, which is a proprietary connector, unfortunately, and it is running the Epoch operating system, which, um, a fun fact, is that the Epoch operating system was the basis for what became Symbian, which you will recognise if you ever owned a Nokia Nokia phone in the mid, mid-2000s, mid mid-to-late 2000s. Um, so, it, it was marketed... Um, in in the the late nineties, originally as a as a PDA, um, sort of competing in the same market as devices like you know Palm Pilots and 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 whatnot, but I think it's unfair to call the Fiverr Max a PDA because really what it is is it's a computer, um, and it has a full onboard office suite. It has word processor, spreadsheet, and database. Um, it has like a painting app and a notepad and then it will have your normal PDA things you know a contacts app and a calendar it's got a couple of little games and you can you can install your own apps on it and you can also program for it um, it has an onboard uh, development environment and you can also program for it for a PC but I'll, I'll get on to that later um, and I used this uh, Scion computer as my main actually as my only uh, portable machine from 2019 through to the start of the COVID-19 pandemic when when sadly mine failed I'll get onto that as well later and it was great it's it's a really cool uh device the keyboard is quite nice to use um a lot nicer than you'd expect and I used it for all of my schoolwork I used it for I used the spreadsheet app to to manage Dungeons and Dragons character sheets. It's incredibly nerdy, I know. But I got a lot of use out of it and and it it is still a very functional device and it's still a device that that actually people are impressed by. I I remember when I was doing my schoolwork on it, you know, people were you know legitimately super impressed. People thought it was some, you know, fancy new thing and it's it's over 20 years old now, but it's still more capable than than modern machines. Uh, there is a problem. There are some problems that that come from the fact that it's an older device. the The first one is synchronizing it with a modern machine. Um, so synchronizing mine with a Linux PC in twenty twenty one. I I had to get the serial cable, which I also got from Dave. Thank you. Uh, and a USB to serial adapter. And connecting those together, connecting that up to the Scion, and connecting that into my Linux PC, um, I could also I also then had to download PLP Tools, which I'll link in the um, show notes, which is a suite of utilities for transferring files to and from Scion devices on a modern Linux PC, and these surprisingly work quite well. I found that that PLP Fuse, which is the one that lets you mount it as a file system, was a bit buggy but plp ftp which is the a command line interface for file transfers it isn't actually an ftp server but it's 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 a command line interface similar to the unix ftp tools um works quite well for getting files on and off the scion um the problem is that then when you get these files they will be largely in scion's own proprietary formats um so this was designed to be used with a tool called Cywin, which runs on 
Windows 9598, um, and Cywin could convert these Scion file formats to and from Microsoft Office. Um, but Cywin obviously doesn't run on a modern machine, certainly doesn't run on Linux. Um, so there are third-party tools you can use to convert these files. There's one called nconvert, which I'll also put in the show notes. Um, it, it's a uh, archive.org link because um, most Scion software isn't online anymore. When when you find when you try and look for software for it, you will find a sea of dead links. Um, dead links, you know, index pages linking to things that don't exist. You know, files that haven't been archived. But archive.org has most if you look through the Wayback Machine you'll be able to find a lot of Scion software. Um which is really cool and really useful. Um so thank you archive.org. I think they're actually a sponsor of the show. Thank you archive.org um for preserving software and letting me use a twenty year old device in, in twenty twenty one. So yeah, so but I and and so there is this conversion software. Um, what I tended to do was I mostly only used the word processor and spreadsheet. Um, I didn't manage to get Agenda or um, that's the, the Agenda app or the contacts list or any of those um, synchronizing properly uh, with a modern PC, unfortunately. But I did get, mostly I would import and export just plain text.txt. Uh, from the word processor, and I would import and export um, CSV files from the spreadsheet, and that's that's how I used those two. Um, so I would write on the Scion, usually in Markdown, and then export that as a TXT file, and then copy that across to my PC, and then use Pandoc or some other tool to turn it into a printable document. And that, that workflow worked quite well for me through using it for schoolwork, um, mostly. Um, yeah, so you can, and there, there's lots of other software for it, um, there are some, there's some good sites, there's Freepoc, which is still up, they made a lot of software, and they, they still, their website is still available, um, and there is things like, there's 3lib, uh, which I believe they still, you can buy a CD with, with, uh, a bunch of Scion software on it, but I didn't buy a CD. Um, it's very, you, you can tell what era it came from where it was easier to mail people CDs full of software than it was to, uh, distribute it over the internet. Um, the, yeah, and that's, and there's, there's plenty of available software. I tried, there was like, um, some little bits of music stuff, like I would use it as a metronome and for like tuning instruments it has a, there's a tuner app um available there's a few games um there's ports of some emulators although playing them on a monochrome screen is is not the greatest um there's some ports of some games there's uh even like i found like cad software that would that would run on the scion although i never really used it much um it's a very flexible device um now developing software for it you basically have two options so there's OPL2 which is the onboard programming language um, and you can program OPL2 you just boot up the thing and, and pick program from the menu and, and you can program it in OPL2 um, OPL2 is 
a dialect of basic. It's not really a dialect of basic, but it's close to a dialect of basic. Um, it's very quick to make things in OPL2 that, that aren't too sophisticated, but if you want to make anything more sophisticated than, like, a couple of dialogue windows and, and a bit of a bit of communication or reading and writing a file and doing a bit of editing, then you're probably not going to get what you want out of OPL2. You can make it work, certainly, but it's it's limited. Um, there's also a software development kit, a C++ software development kit, um, that would run, again, on, on Windows PCs of the era. Um, and the C++ SDK is... I, I spent quite a while trying to track down a copy of it. Again, archive.org finally came to the rescue when I was trying to track down a copy of it. But it's very under-documented, very poorly documented. Um, there are um, some sources that I found that, that um, would point to the fact that the SDK was forever unfinished, and I, I think that, that certainly shows it's not very well-developed. It's... The, the SDK uses a weird old version of GCC and is tied together with Perl scripts. I tried running under Wine with no luck, and then I set up a Windows XP VM, and I was doing all sorts of complicated pass-throughs to try and make it run on a modern machine. Um, it was a good week of, of messing around just to try and get like a Hello World program to build. Um, I did find, and, and what I'll link in the show notes, is a Linux SDK, which is still running most of the original stuff under Wine, um, but it's it's set up to be nicer to use under Linux, and it does all of the faffing for you, so that's good. Um, there wasn't much documentation, so I went and tracked down a book that I saw mentioned online as being sort of the Scion programmer's bible, this book called Professional Symbian Programming. I couldn't find a copy of it online anywhere, so I I bought a copy on eBay, um, which was tobacco-stained and had torn-off corners. It was essentially a ruined copy of the book, but it, it was good enough that I could scan it in and digitise it. Now, for, for scanning it, I, I don't have a book scanner, I don't think most people have a book scanner, so I I scanned it using two cardboard boxes uh, placed at an angle to each other, and then a, a camera on a tripod pointing down at one of the cardboard boxes and just taking photos of every page, and this is like a 1,100-page book. So this was a, a couple days of work just, just scanning in this book, and then another couple days of work cropping it, aligning it, fixing up the pages, finding missing pages, fixing up the sort ordering. And um, I I did manage to scan and digitise this book, so if, if you want to copy, want a copy of this book, I'll, I'll put a copy of it on archive.org, and that will also be in the show notes. But the it uses a strange... I mentioned that it uses a strange version of GCC. It also uses a strange dialect of C++. Um, so it has its own exception handling stuff which doesn't work how anything else in C++ works. A lot of stuff is handled by macros. Um, you have to build using GCC3 because anything newer than GCC3 doesn't work. Um, and in fact even getting GCC3 to work it's a strange patched version of GCC3 that doesn't exactly behave how you want it to. 
there's um, instead of just using make files, it uses something called macmake, which is a strange make file meta generator written in Perl that's just beyond my comprehension, to be honest. Um, so I didn't I didn't really get into C++ Scion development that much, just because of how unusual it is, and it, it just didn't seem very fun. Um, but, yeah, so I... But using the existing applications, I use them for, again, all my schoolwork for a good... From, from OGCAMP through to the start of the pandemic, so a good six, seven months. And it did a great job. I loved it. And I, I still love my Scion today. Um, it's a very nice device. Um, but, unfortunately, sort of towards the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, a uh, tragedy struck. And the display cable, I mentioned the nice hinge mechanism, it's only possible because of the, the display is connected to the board with a flexi cable. And that flexi cable is quite prone to failure. Um, in fact, it's 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 a fault so common, it's listed on the Wikipedia page for the Scion 5 Max, is this, this specific flexi cable failure. And my Scion developed the same failure, unfortunately. And that, that's that's also why this episode is late, because I wanted to get it fixed up before recording an episode, and then the COVID-19 pandemic hit. So, the there luckily is still places that will replace these display cables for you. Um, there's Scion X, um, are practically... Well, they're not practically the only one. There's a couple of others, but Scion X are the the most reputable Scion repair place. Um, uh, but they quoted me 130 pounds to replace the cable, which uh, I couldn't afford at the time. So luckily, I managed to to get a friend um, who knew how to do the the delicate surface mount soldering that was needed for that fix, and and they charged me less. Um, so I got my Scion working again. Um, and I still use it. I, I use it to make notes, and I, I use it um, generally to make quicker notes, which I'll then transfer over to my PC um, once I'm done with it. But I'm since the repair, I've been more wary to take it out with me places, because I used to carry it with me everywhere, and I've, I've been more wary to take it out with me places, so it sort of doesn't uh, get as much use now as I would want it to. But, yeah, it's still a cool device, and... If you want more about anything here, you know, more on Scion development or daily usage or, um, you know, book scanning, maybe even, then uh, feel free to ask and I will be happy to do follow-up episodes or blog posts or something. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a really cool device. It's It has that unfortunate common failure, but if you can deal with the hassle of... Um, serial cables and semi-obscure Unix tools and potentially having to to repair the uh, the display for yourself. I, I think it's a, it's a really cool device and and if you're interested in in retro computing or if you just want you know something portable for note taking for um, doing word processing uh, tasks uh, on the go, I, I would recommend it. It's a cool device. Um, they, they're quite expensive on eBay now. Um, become a bit of a collector's piece, I think. But, yeah, cool thing. Uh, that's that. Um, thank you for listening to me. 
You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.